Hey guys, Brooke and Alyssa here, your favorite intuitive eating dietitians. Okay, side note, while writing the script out, autocorrect changed dietitians to Doritos, and I felt that in my soul. So from your favorite Doritos, we're here to announce something seriously amazing. We created a course, you guys, for you, for me, you might say, yes, for you, you listening right now. It's a 17-module self-guided course called Quit Dieting, A Diet Writer's Guide to Intuitive Eating, and we designed it to take around 10 weeks, but the timeline is up to you. This course takes our podcast to a brand new level. Like seriously, it goes in-depth, shares never-before-heard stories, goes deeper than you thought we could, and collects it all in one place from start to finish, teaching you practical ways to be an intuitive eater and leading you to a life of food freedom. Each module includes at least one audio file and several journal prompts that will help you work through the material. We have also included some actionable homework assignments to help you on your journey. The audio courses are so helpful, and as much as we enjoy hearing ourselves talk, I mean, we have a podcast for heaven's sake, we can't wait for you guys to do the work. This is where the change happens. Make sure to work the workbook and complete the homework. This will be the tangible and applicable ways to change your life. This course is a jumpstart. It's a great resource, an amazing invitation to living a life of food freedom alongside us. We're so excited to get it to you guys, and we're offering a special price for our very first course. Most courses out there are well over $100, if not several hundred dollars. But right now, we're offering a launch price of $59. Yep, 59 bucks, cheaper than your last DoorDash order. Also, please know this special launch price is only available for the first 30 people who snag this course. After that, we raise the price. You can find the link to our course in the show notes or on our Instagram page at diet.riot.podcast or by going to www.dietriotpodcast.teachable.com. We can't wait to hear how this course helps you, so please share your feedback with us. And if it helps you, we would also so, so appreciate you sharing it with friends or family or maybe even giving it as a gift. Okay, now on to the show. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast with Alyssa Miller and Brooke Miller. Both Millers. Both moms. Both dietitians. Both from the Midwest. Both live in Colorado. Both trying to stay quarantined from coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all we got. So as Brooke and I hang out and podcast together, risking our lives (laughs) being together right now for coronavirus for you guys. Um, today we're, you know what, actually, before we tell you what we're talking about, which you probably already know from the title, I want to do something new. (laughs) Okay. I want to start at the top with telling people to subscribe and leave a review. We always say it at the end. And my husband was like, you know, I don't listen to the end of podcasts, right? (gasps) What a jerk. (laughs) I know. He's like, as soon as either like the music hits or it starts winding down, he just goes on to the next one. Oh. So I wanted to tell all of you who are just like my husband and skip the last part of our podcast to please subscribe and rate and review our podcast. Because we will read some written reviews at the end. That's right. We will. So you can get a shout out. And you can get entered into our sweepstakes. Sweepstakes, (laughs) as Brooke called it. 
Um, yeah, we have a giveaway going on, you guys. So if you do a written review and well, you just need to do the written review to be entered. But if you also share about our podcast on your social media and tag us, you get entered into our giveaway and you get an extra entry for doing that, you know, tagging thing on the social medias. We're so old. Okay. I'm so old. Tagging us. Um, you will win an Amazon gift card, a, um, well, fit snack snacks, diarrhea merge. We've got the intuitive eating book, of course, and health at every size. Whoop, whoop. So you can enter to win that giveaway. So make sure to do that. Um, tell your friends all about us. And I think that's usually what we say at the end. Follow us on Instagram at diet.riot.podcast. Yeah. The reason that the ratings are important, guys, is because it makes the podcast more known. And so at the bottom, like when you're looking at podcasts, it'll say, we think you would like this one. And it would um, show up as a recommended podcast And right now, if you search like diet or nutrition and podcasts, a ton of junk comes up like how to go keto and how to do blah, blah, blah. And it's all diet culture bullshit. So we highly encourage you to, if you listen to podcasts that are anti-diet or whatnot, please rate and review them so that we can overtake the market, you guys. (laughs) Yes. We want people to actually know what intuitive eating is instead of people being like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I've never heard of that. I have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. What do you think of intermittent fasting? Exactly. Mm-hmm. We want them to stumble upon intuitive eating and change their freaking lives. Okay. So I just want to say that at the top. And I didn't warn Brooke about it. Nope. <laughs> Throw me off. Which Throw me off. brings me to the fact that we haven't even talked about our topic at all yet today. And we're talking about what, Brooke? I'm so excited. The, <laughs> the Biggest Loser. Guys, Biggest Loser came back for season like 805. I don't know. This is crazy. So Alyssa, did you grow up watching The Biggest Loser? Wow, it's so funny to think of it growing up. But yes, I sure did. Yes, it would. It It was my dirty little secret that I loved it. (laughs) I loved it too. My family would Uh watch it, and you know, looking back, so funny. I used to like look at it and be like, "Good for those fat people for losing weight and getting (laughs) healthy." Like I was so stupid Uh and naive, you know, and just like good for them. They're saving the, their own lives, and you know, they were on their deathbed before this. Like I was so naive but again there's a reason I thought that way Mm -hmm. and it's because that's what diet culture tells us yeah I felt the same way watching it this time around I was like oh my gosh like it's so blatantly I mean drenched doesn't even do it justice justice so bad culture it's so crazy so it's so weird to think back that like I used to freaking love that show yeah and like watch see the makeover episode oh the makeover episode all of it uh-huh. I loved the workout part was my favorite I honestly skipped the scale part a lot yeah yeah because we'll I just didn't like care yeah and it took forever it was like took forever minutes of weighing people and I was like I do not care you right know, what people lost specifically it was just like who won who's going home mm-hmm. Ugh, I was so addicted to the show but the show was like two hours long back in the day well, and it, it was now? like it it's used like to be almost. like Tuesdays and Wednesdays or something too it was two like days a week yeah it was like American Idol crazy um so the first one of the first quotes I saw in the podcast or not the podcast. Oh, I wrote episode. down quotes too. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't talked about it yet. You guys. We haven't so talked excited. about it at all. We're going to have probably the same things, but uh-huh. one of the first quotes I saw was lose the excuses, lose the weight. Ooh, I didn't write that one down. Yeah. I didn't hear that one. It just implies that like you're always making excuses. You're only fat and overweight because you make excuses and you're lazy. That's literally what the phrase implies is that it's your fault. It's because totally. you're lazy and making excuses. Absolutely. It, doesn't take into account anything else. (laughs) The first quote that I wrote down was Bob Harper, who 
Okay, we'll oh, get yeah. into this later. But Bob yeah. Harper was sitting on the standing on the scale, and he pointed at the scale, and he said, "Your proudest victories and your biggest disappointments will be right here." Like, are oh. you talking about in your life, Bob Harper? Seriously, you're saying your proudest moments are going to be on this scale at Biggest Loser Ranch Resort? If that's how you're measuring your life, you're doing life wrong. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That that's not surprising at all. And so this is it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I I was like a steadfast watcher for a long time. Like I mm-hmm. even went back and watched the very first season and like went all the way through. But I think they've taken a break for a few years. Yeah, right? a while. Yeah. And the last time that they were around was when that girl got on the scale and she had clearly lost too much weight. Right. Do you remember oh, that? yeah. She was getting crap for being too thin. She was tiny. I mean, mm-hmm. she literally looked like she was like a hundred pounds. Yeah. yeah. And even Jillian Michaels, like you could see her face was like, oh, my gosh. What do we do? To turn around away from the cameras because of it. I think mm-hmm. that was the last season that aired. Yeah. And then. Right? Yeah, and it's been, I, mean, it's, I think it's been 10 years since a lot of the episodes, but um, I did pull up, I don't know if you want me to talk about this now, I did pull up the Where Are They Now for yes. a few people. That's what I'm on my phone right now oh. pulling up because I was like, I had it up and it disappeared, but okay. yes. So one of the people said um, that he gained back more than when he started. So, mm. and then in the first five days, just from drinking water, he gained 32 pounds from That's drinking insane. water. That's so dehydrated, you guys. That's so yeah. dangerous. Yeah. That's insane. And I remember like an article in like Life Magazine or People Magazine or something, contestants were speaking out against the show being like, they abused us, mm-hmm. like literally physically and mentally abused us. They trapped us in, in these rooms. They controlled all of our water. They controlled all of our food. Didn't let us call our family, like nothing from the outside world at all. Mm-hmm. Which it's is like so not realistic. And then- no, exactly. Another guy gained 15 pounds the day of the show. Like, what? Like, the day that the show ended, he gained 15 pounds. Oh, like right afterwards. Yeah. Like, he went down the street. Literally the day. I'm so hungry. That's so crazy. So, yeah, they've actually done research, you guys, on these contestants that um, have been on Biggest Loser and then, like, went on to their normal life. And like Brooke said, all of, I shouldn't say all. Majority of them have gained back the weight and then some Most what of they them. lost. Mm-hmm. And then also their metabolism has slowed down. Yeah. Did you see the one study of one of the contestants? They looked at his actual metabolism. So he gained 100 pounds back after The Biggest Loser ended. And now his metabolism has slowed down. So he burns 800 calories less a day. That's insane. So he literally gained all the way back and now... His His metabolism is like so much slower. So if you just imagine how hard they like worked to get all that weight off, now he has to work 800 calories more harder, like in their idea of how math works. Right, right. That's insanity and so bad for our bodies, you guys. I mean, just to lose this amount of weight in this amount of time is just regardless of where you're at and what kind of like body weight your body should be at. Like Brooke and I talk about this, like set what I always say it wrong. Set, set point. Set, set point point um regardless of where that's at even if you do have weight to lose let's say the fact of the matter is if you lose it all in a week that is not healthy behavior that's long lasting or sustainable or healthy on your body and your metabolism like we talked about before your body has instincts to put on weight when they feel like you're in a famine which is basically how these contestants lose weight so quickly is they've literally put their body through starvation. Some of them are under 1200 calories a day, which is in 
saying they're on super low carb diets. They're working out three, four hours a day in the gym, possibly more. Who knows? I think it's more than that. I think it's, I think it's like eight hours a day. So a girl I went to college with, she, I believe she went and was an intern there on the ranch. Like, Year, I mean, this I was like she signed like a non disclosure. I don't know. I should reach out to her and ask. <laughs> Come on, our podcast. Um, I'd be really curious to yeah. see what she can what she can tell. Um, and then another quote I found from one of the contestants. He said, "I couldn't imagine a day again that I weighed over two hundred pounds." And this is after the show. I feel ashamed. I feel embarrassed. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like a failure. Um, so he that's just goes to show that all of these contestants that gained the weight back, they feel like they failed. They feel like mm-hmm. excuses got in the way or they're lazy or they just can't be successful. So they have all of these negative self, you know, thoughts, but it's, it's not that they failed. It's that the diet failed them. Well, it's so like clearly not going to be sustainable yeah, if you're working can, out eight hours a day. Who can work out eight hours a day and then eat? literally eat like a thousand calories a day long term you can't do that they during I think episode one I think one of the trainers and I don't know their names but one of the trainers asked is the guy can the blue yeah the the guy he Mm -hmm. asked him like would you have for breakfast did you see that part oh no I didn't get that right contestants all went around they all had the same thing it was egg whites and an apple I was like how eat the yolk yolk for the love of god eat Eat the the yolk yolk. (laughs) and we will talk about cholesterol in the next uh, episode coming up um, but seriously, like if you just imagine, just imagine, I don't know how many eggs they had, like how many egg yolks, but just imagine two to three, maybe five, let's hope. But even that amount of eggs and an apple, that is not enough carbohydrate to push you through a workout. Like no wonder they're throwing up. No wonder they're passing out. They're getting injuries. Like the whole show, there was three, I think people that complained of getting like an injury, like, oh, my knee hurt, but I just wanted to push through it. This is the problem with having mm-hmm. major weight loss shows like this that are out there for the ratings, you guys. They're not here to change people's lives and make them healthy. No, because if they did, they would look at the studies and say, oh, 10 years later, we did more damage to all these contestants than good. Yep. Yet the show is here this again. This is doing harm. Seriously. Now, I will confess that I totally cried during the show. Did you? Well, I did too. Not for the reasons Some of the that stories. I should. Right. Like, I feel like I wish I cried because I was like, this is, and part of it was like, this is so detrimental to their health. This is so sad. Like, it killed me to see them talking about themselves so poorly. I know. And that was really heartbreaking. But it does, like, this show is built to emotionally trigger you to feel like you need to be doing more and you can push yourself and you can change your life and everything from here on out will be different. And it's like, we all want that story in our life, whatever mm-hmm. aspect of our life we feel like we're not measuring up to all of us look at that part of our life and go, oh, I just want to wake up and everything changes, you know? And all of a sudden it's never going to, I'm never going to be sick again, or I'm never going to be fat again, or I'm never going to be, you know, underpaid again or whatever that might be in your mm-hmm. life. And so to watch someone else go through that, you're like, yeah, like it's inspirational and I want that for you. But like, that's not what this is. This is mm-hmm. over-promising and way under-delivering on the long-term sustainability of people's lives. And they were like fear-mongering them and scaring them of like, you have type 2 diabetes, you're going to die you're in gonna die. two years. So many quotes came out. Yes. Like I was told that I'm 200 pounds or 300 pounds. And I was told by my doctors and my friends and my family that I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's probably not how you're going to die. Like Mm -hmm. just being overweight or obese, that itself does not kill you. Right. It's all of 
the other things that you could have potentially going on. Right. And it's not that obesity causes these things. It's just that weight can be a side effect of certain disease states. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you losing the weight will automatically get rid of the thing that started the weight gain in the first place. They were talking about sleep apnea. Yes. And I was like, uh, sleep apnea is not like exclusive to weight issues. A um, lot of times no. it doesn't go away when you lose weight. No, my son probably will get sleep apnea. Yeah. It's just people with Down syndrome get sleep apnea. It's very common. I know common. a girlfriend of mine that has sleep apnea and she's got to be maybe 120 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, like, I know a guy with it and he's yeah. a very normal weight and right. he's healthy. Like he works out and Which yeah. like, can you think of the damage? And this is like the weight stigma in our culture. It's like, can you think of the damage that does to someone who thinks they might have sleep apnea, but I'm not obese, so I'm not going to go get checked out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're living with sleep apnea, not getting like the proper treatment for it because you don't think think you have it because that only happens to overweight people. Well, it's just like the stigma of people getting misdiagnosed, which we've talked about in last like other episodes, but even like my husband, the first time he had a pulmonary embolism and a blood clot, they were like, Oh, well this really just happens to obese people. You're not obese. You're not a smoker. So like they just kept brushing him off, brushing him off. You're 21, you're healthy. And it's like, they sent him home from the hospital and he almost died. (laughs) And like, had they just, had he been overweight? Mm-hmm. or a smoker, they would have immediately been like, oh, this is what you have. This is what's going on. And so it's like, but even then their cure for him would have been lose weight. Exercise uh, exactly. More, and know, it's like they maybe then wouldn't have found the blood clotting totally. disorders that, you know, yeah, exactly. Did you see all this like coronavirus stuff that's going around where like there was a doctor that was like, yeah, I mean, coronavirus we should be worried about, but we have a bigger epidemic on our hands. Obesity. obesity. Yes. Ugh. And he was like, I'm that kills eyes. more people than coronavirus. No, it doesn't. No. no. Just obesity. How many people's obituaries say they died from obesity? <laughs> no, they did not die from obesity. Right. Exactly. They died from something. Yes. That all doctors attribute every, basically every disease that kills people to being overweight or obesity. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's basically... Guess we, what? Skinny people die too. <laughs> turns out they don't live forever. Turns out everybody so, dies. Oh my gosh. Um, something else that really stuck out to me during the show. And I kind of want to break down the pros and cons because I, not that there are a lot of pros, but they used to have a dietitian on. So a oh, few yeah. seasons ago they had, a, they hired a dietitian that season cl- clients, clients, contestants, contestants yeah. um, lost significantly less weight than other seasons because I think she was feeding them. Well, I think, a dietitian or a sports dietitian, she probably knew if you are burning this amount of calories, if you're in the gym X amount, you need all of this yes. energy, calories, AKA energy. You need these calories to sustain these workouts. Right. Just like a marathon runner, like typically they're going to eat a lot the night before their marathon or mm-hmm. the day before their marathon, or even the week before their marathon, they're going to start, you know, getting those carbohydrate stores. And so, yeah, I'm sure. I, yeah. I believe They've never that. had a dietitian back. And even today, when I watched season or episode two, someone went home. I'm not going to tell you who, although you shouldn't watch it. But yeah. <laughs> um, she went home and they were like, oh, but you'll have a nutritionist for a year. A nutritionist, not a dietitian. Let's mm-hmm. be clear. So it's like, you know, I do think that they want, I, I do think the intention's there. Do yeah. Think I think, so? I think, you I know, know, I think for some of the people, I think in Definitely general for the contestants i think they think they're doing the best yes, they can yes i think the contestants think, like, have the best in mind the like the trainers and like the show think they're doing good no no, no. so they're there's two doing well there's two different <laughs> trainers and so the guy 
I actually really like some of the things that the guy said. So he said that he used to have disordered eating and he yes. recognized that. And I thought that was so cool that a male was on there explaining that he had disordered eating. He was a talking about relationship with food. He, he had said, a bad yeah. relationship with food. He used to model or I think he still does, but, and he's very attractive, <laughs> um, but he was modeling and he said that he used to, what restrict and dehydrate and all yeah. of these things before photo shoots. Right before and then right afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And so he knew, okay, this is not good. And then I think he started realizing that he needed food for fuel. And then he started eating, 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 gaining muscle, gaining muscle. And so I do think that he has a more positive, realistic relationship with food. And I think in general, men tend to Mm-hmm. For instance, my brother's an MMA fighter. He eats, 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 eats. He's eating like 4,000 calories a day because he knows that his sport is so intense and his mm-hmm. workouts are so intense. If he restricted, he knows that he couldn't perform that way. And guess what? He has like 8% body fat. And it's it's like he's eating all day long. He's he's eating so much that I would throw up. Yeah. Um, so I think that the guy does understand that food is needed for fuel more than the girl trainer. What I didn't like about the girl trainer was you know, they picked her because she used to be overweight. Mm-hmm. And so they know that she can empathize because she, I don't remember, right. she was like 300 pounds. So they were like, she's- 322. I don't know why that's stuck in my head, but I think she said that's that. weird that, you know, that. I like literally just watched it before. I came <laughs> because I think she was like, I was overweight. I can empathize with these people. And I think her intention is, is okay. However, she's a personal trainer. She spends eight hours a day working in the gym. So mm-hmm. you would kind of expect that most personal trainers, they're going to be living a long-term lifestyle that your average person working at a desk job will not live. And so I just, I don't think it's realistic to have a personal trainer um, really fully. I don't know. I think that the expectation is that everybody's going to be able to work out eight hours a day when they get home. Mm -hmm. And that's just not feasible for somebody who works 40 hours a week and has kids. Like they can exercise. I do know of a few contestants who have had, um, quote unquote success on like keeping some of the weight off now not all of the weight like Mm -hmm. they were at their finale weight or whatever which of course we all know is more unhealthy to be bouncing back and forth between weights but anyways and um, several of them have become fitness instructors of Mm -hmm. some kind like they've had to make it part of their work they had to be cycling instructors or personal trainers or and you know if they're passionate about cycling or they're passionate about that then that's awesome then that's great if they love doing it and teaching then that's great. I mean, fitness instructors, there's a place for them. Like I love my fitness instructors. Um, so I think that it's the intent, like if they truly love cycling or doing whatever, then that's wonderful if they want to keep doing that. And if they want to make it part of their life, but it's just unrealistic to have the expectation that somebody who works, who's a lawyer and who works a desk job that they're just going to quit it and become a trainer. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's not realistic. Well, and the thing here, so I really do think maybe when Biggest Loser started, like season one, season two, they probably got afraid of this obesity epidemic and they were like, okay, how can we fix this? I Mm -hmm. think this is what, you know, because back then they thought they knew that the obesity epidemic was really only solved by exercise and and eating right or whatever. Eating less and exercising more. (laughs) Calories in, calories out. It's like, oh, simple science, we'll make a show about it and everyone will get motivated. Uh A, all I did while I watched it was like literally eat snacks and sweets or whatever I wanted while I was watching it. It's like, 
it just makes you want to like sit down with a tub of ice cream and be like, no, yeah, that's so great to watch the exercise. But like it, you know, it encouraged people to sit on the couch for two hours watching a show, tw- maybe twice a week at one yeah. point. So it's like, it's just backfiring a little bit. And then they got like kids involved and siblings and families. And they really, I think, did more harm than good. And the reality of this is, you guys, is that you have a two to five percent success rate, quote unquote, of losing weight and keeping it off. Keeping it off. So of dieting. So like you're going into a diet knowing that 98 percent chance that you fail, quote unquote. Whereas 25% of people develop disordered eating or eating disorders full blown. So they're actually taking a percentage and trying to go after the 2% or maybe 5% in some studies. And they're going after that instead of realizing that like we have a one in four chance of giving these people serious disordered eating for the rest of their lives, like a mental disorder Mm -hmm. that could potentially harm them for the rest of their lives. And that's so sad. There's so much I want to unpack in this. Okay. First of all, <laughs> this is not my quote, but I've, I've heard this a million times. So would doctors prescribe a medication that only works 2% of the time? You yep. have high blood pressure. This medication works for 2% of people. Let's prescribe it to everybody. And would you take it? No. What no if way. the side effects were, Hey, we're going to give you this medication. 2% chance it'll work long term. Mm-hmm. You know, 98% chance you're going to get a heart attack. And also there's some bad side effects with it. It might make you moody like restriction does. <laughs> it might make your sex drive lower like restriction does. Like all of these things, do you want to take it? No. So that's the first the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing was I think that if you listen to a lot of the stories, did you notice that they all had something in common? They all had trauma. Big trauma. Trauma. Not even, not to say that, like, obviously everyone's trauma is important, but like huge trauma. trauma. Like murdered family members. And like, I've been closeted gay for a long time and then I got married to try to cover it up. Like, that's a big trauma. Yes. And someone's like, all these things. I forget what else there was. Um, oh, one of them was a pageant. Was drugs. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I was like, oh my God. Gosh, when he was eight years old, my mom was on drugs. I had to do everything myself. Like, well, of course you have disordered eating or of course you have control issues. So my thought is all of these people that had trauma, what they turned to was food Mm -hmm. and an unhealthy relationship with food. Just like some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to whatever gambling. I mean, pick a habit. Oh my gosh. Gambling would be my vice, you guys. (laughs) I love gambling so much. So people pick not that they pick, but right. you know, when you go through trauma, usually you cope in some way. Mm-hmm. And this is how these people coped. They coped with food. They didn't get the necessary treatment that they needed, the counseling that they needed. So had like, let's rewind, had they gotten all of the treatment that they needed and worked through the trauma, they probably wouldn't be in this place. And so even if we had a show like this, where all they focused on was mental health and that was it. Like, let's work through this trauma. Let's realize that food is not your coping mechanism. Let's find other ways to cope with trauma. Let's rehash this. Like, if they were to go back in this, I guarantee you people would would lose weight because mm-hmm. they would learn that food is the not healthy a coping behaviors. Me- this yes. is like what Brooke and I always say. It's like, don't focus on the weight. Focus on the behaviors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these people, and I'm sure we'll see it unfold in the next few Um, episodes, but definitely in past seasons, when they talk about, you know, their behaviors, this is not like normal intuitive eating, like, oh, I wanted a burger. So I went out and got a burger. A lot of times they're like, 
I went and had dinner with my family and then I took my own car and I went to Taco Bell and I scarfed down, you know, the whole menu and then I hid it from my, you know, spouse or whatever, threw it out while I was out, you know, running around. So they have no idea. Now we're in credit card debt because I go to fast food every night after they're asleep or whatever. Like these are real stories from yeah. pre- previous. Or like I wait a- till my family goes to bed and yes. then I eat and eat and eat and then mm-hmm. I throw it in the garage. So it, it's like an alcoholic. Yeah. Like I'm going to drink, drink, drink right. and hide the bottles somewhere. I mean, this is like the thing is like this is not typically and we'll see you know what their stories are but typically this is not a healthy relationship with food to begin with and then on top of that you're adding trainers who don't know nutrition you're adding you know nutritionists maybe when you go home potentially Mm -hmm. that don't know you know the real life harm that they're causing by putting them on these super restrictive diets and making them work out a ton so it's just going to exacerbate all those issues and even if someone flips and like all of a sudden they lose all this weight they look super healthy on the outside you don't know the damage it's done to their metabolism or to their mental health at all. Right. And it's still not getting to the root of the problem. Right. And they're using fat shaming to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, literal fat shaming. I mean, it was just so hard to watch them be like, this is so embarrassing. This is my biggest fear. This is so embarrassing. Then don't do it. Like Mm -hmm. don't get on a scale in front of millions of people. Like this is not how you motivate people through fear and through embarrassment and shame. Like how about encourage each other Mm -hmm. and share? And that was one thing that I do see different on this episode or this season than past seasons is they do seem to be talking about mental health like they have those like support groups have you seen that part no but is it a trained therapist working no, one-on-one with bob them? harper sitting okay well them. i'm sorry bob harper you're not a freaking therapist no he is absolutely he is not and but also he's had pulmonary embolisms so it doesn't just happen to fat people guys or heart attack he yeah. had a heart attack in the gym guys this yes. is who you're taking your advice from he's sitting there be like you're gonna have a heart attack and you're die. gonna die because you're over obese oh one of the statistics he said bob 40 percent of americans are obese so he's implying that 40 percent of americans are going to die from obesity 40 percent of of americans don't die from obesity you think his heart attack would change something in him to realize like oh i I want to shake him (laughs) be just like slinging this like fear-mongering tactic at people who are overweight or obese or struggling with their weight because i freaking had a heart attack and bob harper according to your own standards are you obese you know, mm-hmm. it, this can happen to anybody. Now, I want to be clear. There is research, and Brooke and I have talked about it, about certain foods that you might eat that might lead to heart conditions in the in the future or whatnot if you overconsume them. But this is not to say that the way that Bob Harper talks about it or any of them on that show is just so black and white. If you do this, then this will happen. If you do this, you know, if you're this way, you will die or blah, 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 blah. And it's so frustrating to hear him talk about it when he literally has had a heart attack, probably because of all the stress that he's put on his body from mm-hmm. working out and eating less. And even like a few seasons ago, guys, we're trained in like looking for malnutrition. And I turned to my husband, and I said, he is malnourished. Like mm-hmm. you can see it around his temples, around his collarbones. Like he is malnourished. I don't mm-hmm. know about now, but I was like, this is not healthy. You're taking advice from someone who clearly doesn't know how to nourish themselves even remotely, mm-hmm. which is so freaking sad. Yeah. One of the contestants, um, I thought that this was super interesting. He said that he lost 150 pounds before the show and then he gained back 165. Yes. Guys, he lost 150 pounds Mm -hmm. and he gained 165. And then he said he felt like a failure. He felt like ashamed that he had gained more weight back. Mm -hmm. And all I was thinking was you restricted and you overexercised and you lost the weight. 
how is this any different? Like the whole, what is the phrase? Like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and like expecting a different result. Like, sir, like you, you, you did this already and this is what happened and this was the end result. So like, why do you think that restricting again and over-exercising is going to get you the long-term yeah, what's results. Gonna change? Like, how is this going to change? And especially in a show like this that is literally rooted in diet culture to the point of they're, they're just using fear and shame and guilt tactics to make them feel horrible. Like, you're about to have type 2 diabetes. You're about to die. You have a son that you need to take care of. You're not going to be there for their wedding day. Like, all these horrible things that you're slinging at people and putting them on national television to make them feel horrible so that they work harder in the gym. Mm-hmm. It's so backwards. Like literally biggest loser, your diet culture is showing. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It's so, so bad. bad. So honestly I do. So I wanted to say the one tiny glimmer of hope is that they did talk about mental health this time around. They've talked about the trauma. They're trying to work through it outside the gym. They had like a little pod where they were all sitting and talking about it. But again, like Brooke said, Bob Harper is not a trained therapist in any way, shape or form that mm. we know about. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and the second thing too, is that's not a safe place for them to be sharing. No, that's no not a place where like, healing is going to happen. You need to be one-on-one with therapist in private, private, not on TV, not on national TV, and not in front of your competitors. Like yeah. at the end of the day, you guys, this is a competition that people are trying to win. So what's like $250,000 or whatever. So it's like, you're not even in a safe space living in that house all the time. You're not Mm -hmm. around loved ones or people who care about you, really, really care about you. You're around strangers Mm -hmm. to talk about how your dad was murdered and you think it's your fault. You're not going to be able to work through the trauma that that brought to your life. And well, I guess I don't know, but I'm guessing that that's not a very safe environment to do that in. Yeah. And then another, at least they were talking about it. They did. They did (laughs) touch on that a little bit. And then the other thing is like exercise in the show is not fun. Like that's, that's one thing. It's like Alyssa and I are 100%. We want everybody to find a workout that they enjoy and exercise and move, whether that's walking, yoga, swimming, hiking, like you name it, any way that you can move dancing, like do it. And the important thing is finding something that you enjoy. This Mm -hmm. show exercises straight up torture, torture. If I had to do that for eight hours a day, I would literally be like, once the show's over, I'm never going into a gym again. They probably get PTSD just from like witnessing like treadmills. Yes. Just out in public. At them. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's, they're throwing up in buckets and they're literally, one yeah. of the trainers was like, look how hard they're working. They're throwing up. They're <laughs> praising not, them yes. for throwing up. Yeah. That is not, and you're throwing up the egg whites and apple that you had. The one girl was like, and nothing's coming out. And I was like, that's because you didn't you need, need anything. Yeah, you have nothing in your system. <laughs> what do you think's going to come out? It's like when you dry heave after like puking from the flu over yes. and over and over. You There's nothing, nothing in left. your stomach. Well, and it's so sad to watch because not only is it literal torture for most people. Some people might like that kind of exercise, that like really high intensity stuff. Not for eight hours. Not for eight hours. No, absolutely. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Um, but they don't tailor it at all. You know, everyone's body is this, our bodies are so different. You know, Brooke and I have talked about this extensively, what exercises we enjoy, but also what our body seems to enjoy. Like mm-hmm. what is easier on certain people's joints that have weak knees? Or if you are really carrying that much extra weight, hey, maybe don't run on a treadmill. Like, yes, that is so bad for maybe your Maybe swimming knees. or walking. <laughs> yes. Like there's, there's like 
Oh my gosh. Yes. That is so true. Mm -hmm. And then injuries happen and this is why. So it's like, of course they're pushing them so hard. We're literally in two episodes in and a girl has already complained about this. She called it a terrifying pain in the front of her knee Mm. and then kept going. Yeah. She probably like, if you're having terrifying pain, yeah, for sure. If you're having terrifying pain or even pain, just stop, stop. I know every workout class I go to, they're like, don't work through the pain. Right. If you feel like a stretch, you know, like yoga, you can, you know, breathe into this deep stretching. But if you feel pain, you know, that's a sign that we need to stop and modify it. That's a a good trainer. There's a book that I have in my audible right now that I want to read. It's called the gift of pain, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's all of, I haven't read it yet, (laughs) so I can't officially endorse it, but it's all about basically like your body has pain receptors for a reason Mm -hmm. and it's to protect you. Like there's a difference between actual pain and like, oh, this hurts right now, but I can, you know, I can maneuver through it or whatnot. Yes, I'm sore. This is pushing me a little out of my comfort zone. There are differences, but only you know those differences. A trainer screaming in your face maybe not the best. So yeah, they don't know your body. Not and at all. That's yeah. That's the hard thing. The other thing is, so we've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but if we put everybody in America on the same exact diet and we put everyone in America on the exact same exercise plan, guess what? We're all still going to look different. Totally different. Like, and lose weight, gain weight, change, stay the same weight. Exactly. Yeah. Muscle mass. We may lose fat. We may gain muscle mass. Like we may everybody's body will respond differently to different foods. So it is bizarre to me that they consider this competition fair when everybody's bodies are different. So they could literally be doing the exact same workout, eating the exact same thing. Which they kind of all do. They all do. And it's like everybody's body is going to respond differently. So it doesn't necessarily mean that like Alyssa worked harder than I did in in exercise, even though she lost more weight than I did. That that doesn't mean anything. So you could actually have somebody who is – And I've seen episodes like that where people um, on the team, they're like, oh, great. John's really like dragging his butt during the workouts. We're not we're we're going to lose. And then John Lake loses the most weight of anybody Mm -hmm. and worked the least hard. And it's like, that's just how it is. Well, and I don't know if you've ever watched it from the very beginning, um, but the very first two or three, two two or three, apparently, two Mm -hmm. or three seasons, um, they actually did it by just pounds, like numbers Mm -hmm. of weight loss. They didn't even do it by percentage. So it wasn't even a That's not even real fair at all. Women were just screwed. Women are screwed, yeah. You're never going to win at this game. And then finally they were like, okay, now we should do percentage, you know, or whatever. But I mean, whatever. I do like the competition side. You know, I'm a competitive person, so I'm like interested in this. But if I was on that show, the disordered eating would be so freaking real for me. Like it would probably be a full blown eating disorder, like disordered pattern with exercise because I love like I love competition so much. Like this is such an unhealthy environment for people Mm -hmm. to be in, which is so sad and so depressing. And actually, during one of the workouts, this woman, you know, they have like the talking heads in between Mm -hmm. while they're working out. And she was struggling doing this one exercise and they pulled her aside and she was chatting about it, which who knows when they actually film that. But right. And she was like, you know, I think today I just realized that I don't trust my body. She literally said that. And I was like, mm. bingo. That's exactly That's all of you struggle from the fact that you don't trust your body with food. You don't trust your body with exercise. And you're trusting some random coach that you met today and don't even know their qualifications like Brooke said the one girl just lost weight (laughs) like that's her qualification so Mm -hmm. it's like you're trusting these random people to tell you how hard you can push your own body 
And I do get it that sometimes you need an external force to be like, hey, you're stronger than you think you are, Mm -hmm. you know? But at the same time, (laughs) you need to be listening to your own body. And it was just such a revelation for me to watch her have of like, I can't do this workout. But then she tells me I can. And then I realize that I can pick this up. And I just don't even know my own body. And that's the thing. Like, these people need to get in touch with what their bodies can accomplish, Mm -hmm. what they want to accomplish with their body, and what's important to them, not what's important to the nation who's watching you lose weight. Mm -hmm. And how it feels and Mm -hmm. how foods affect them. Because, I mean, somebody could literally just get bloating or gas or diarrhea from a food. And it's like, if their coach tells them they have to eat kale but they get sick from it, guess what? They're they're going to have to eat kale. And it's that's not intuitive eating. I mean, right. you need to like listen to your body and see how things feel. And again, it's just this whole show is, is restriction mm-hmm. and it never ends well, guys. Well, then a few seasons ago, the advertisements they would do, I don't know if you remember these, but they would literally catch them in the kitchen mm-hmm. and they would be about to make something and they're like, oh, I just really want something sweet. And then one of the trainers would come in and be like, well, let me tell you about this extra gum. Yes. This gum is flavored like key lime pie, but has zero calories. And mm-hmm. you're looking at it like, that's Please not stop. key lime pie. Stop. Please stop. Like, it's just so we just keep saying it's just so bad it's so hard to watch it's so it's cringe it's It's cringy cringy exactly that is the exact right word it's cringy to watch especially as a dietitian but then to think you know I think as dietitians I don't know if you struggle with this but for me I struggle with thinking that everyone has similar knowledge to what I have Mm -hmm. so I like watch something and I'm like well clearly that's an idiotic thing to do but that's not the case people watch that and they're like oh I should be doing that Mm -hmm. and that gets me every time that I'm like, no way people think this is good. People, but people, people do. are influenced by this For sure. and how many people that are, you know, categorized as overweight or obese are watching these episodes and thinking, well, I can lose all the weight like they did. So mm-hmm. I'm going to eat 1200 calories a day mm-hmm. and I am going to go work out six hours on my Saturday afternoon instead of hanging out with my family. And it's just like all of these things that are so not realistic and, mm-hmm. Guys, we're not saying that there are not healthy habits that you should be implementing in your life because mm-hmm. there are so many healthy habits that we should be striving for, like sleeping and moving and trying to de-stress, like all of these things, eating more fruits and vegetables. Like these are things that we should be working on and trying to implement in our life because it will physically and mentally make us feel better. Mm-hmm. But just looking at the show as a normal sized person, an obese person, an overweight person and thinking like, oh yeah, yeah, I can, I can do this too. And I think too, the expectation then for somebody in a normal size body is you see this and you see people losing 14 pounds in a week. Oh my gosh. 14 is like on the low end. One guy who lost 30 pounds. And That's you insanity. or I are sitting on our couch yeah. eating ice cream and we're like, well, I mean, they lost 30 pounds in a week. So obviously I need to. And then Clearly we don't because Mm -hmm. who works out that much and is starving themselves in real life? Like and literally dehydrated. And dehydrated. And then we feel like failure is like, oh well. Super discouraged. Yeah. We can't do it. They only lost lost three pounds or six pounds or whatever. Yeah. And it's like that's actually a lot of weight that we don't want to see. Even with our patients, like our tube feeding patients, we always are like, one to two pounds a week of weight gain is is good. Like we don't need to see you know, and we're trying to get we're our patients weight gain. Yeah. yeah. We're trying to get our patients to gain weight. And it's still like, no, we want it to be gradual. We want your body to kind of get used to it. And you know, one to two pounds a week is great. So I cringe when I see like the people lose 14 pounds in a, 
in a week and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is not going to end well. Like it's, it's just, it can't end well. Right. And it doesn't. It's not healthy for our bodies. You guys, it's really not. Even when you are getting to your set point weight, there I go. I said it the right way. Good job. Um, this is a slow, slow process that um, takes time. And if you really want that change to stick and to be, you know, not a traumatic experience for your body to then feel like it has to bounce back from, which we were talking a little about about earlier, then you need to have it be a slow progression where you focus on the habits, focus on what feels good to your body and be okay with whatever set point weight you end up at versus, oh, I have to hit a certain number this week, or I have to hit a certain number on the scale. Eventually, like this is my goal weight. You need to tune into your body and listen and really feel what is good for you specifically. Um, and then focus again, like Brooke and I have actually an episode about how to, you know, increase healthy habits, like focusing on the habits. And we also have an episode just in case some of you think we're being like super soft or <laughs> like, it's fine, just be fluid, whatever. We actually have an episode just a few weeks back where we talked about like how to crush it in the gym uh-huh. while still being intuitive. It doesn't mean you can't work hard. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, push yourself. It just means you need to be doing it for the right reasons and sticking. You with sound like the bachelor. Kid. I do. I'm in it for the right reasons. <laughs> I don't watch. The Sorry, Bachelor. guys. I was like, okay. I've heard some drama has gone down, but oh. it's just like all over Instagram. Uh. But I don't understand any of it. Barbara. Barbara. I'm going to make a look. Guys, just tell no me idea. that there's some Bachelor people here and that people saw Peter's mom, Barbara. There oh, were so many. Mom? I thought it was a contestant. The old lady? Well, I don't know. I just keep seeing memes that are like, dear Barbara or something. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, that's no his idea. mom. Oh. <laughs> so She's outrageous. I'm going to make some, um, Alyssa watch some clips after we are done podcasting. I probably should. You yeah. you got me to watch it one season. I watched. Barbara. I'm a big fan of, well, I shouldn't say I'm a big fan. I would prefer to watch The Bachelorette. I don't need to watch oh, The Bachelorette. Oh, you know what, guys? <laughs> to get off on a tangent. Well, the new Bachelorette, TV. It's all the she same. is 38. She turns 39 this year. And I am so, amen for a woman in her thirties, but, um, only like nine of the guys are in their thirties. So I'm a little oh, depressed. Wow. Like she does not want to date people in their twenties. I wouldn't. Could you if imagine? I was 38, even what right do you have now? in common with a 24 year old? Could you even imagine right no. now dating no. a 24 year old? No. We're 30. That's younger guys. than my brother. No, 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 it, no. no. I just think about 30s. who I was at 24, like what, who my husband was, who I was married to at the time, but it's yeah. just like, no, it's so different. Anyways, that'll be an interesting year to watch. I'm so that'll excited. be excited. Anyways, okay. I think we've called it bad enough. <laughs> yeah. Do you see any pros? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel you if you don't. My no. only one was like the glimmer of hope is that maybe they're moving towards mental health. But no, I did. I did like. Way. I did like that the male trainer explained oh, yeah. his disordered that, yeah. eating, and I I did really feel for him. And like I said, I do feel like he understands nutrition better than the female. Mm -hmm. I think that he understands that food is fuel and you need food to fuel your workouts. And so I think he does grasp that better. And so if I were on the show, I would definitely want to be on his team because I just feel like he gets it. But I don't think he's still in control of what they're eating. And that's the sad part. Like if they're all telling him like you all need to eat 1200 calories a day, I don't think even if he knows that that's not true, I don't think that 
they can overeat. Mm-hmm. Overeat right. in quotes. Like there was like a year where some guy like left the ranch to go get like a burger or something, oh, and they like followed I him. That. And everyone was like mad at him at the weigh-in, and the trainers were like, "What's going on?" And they were like, "He snuck off the ranch and went to he get a burger. Got a burger, yeah, like." Guys, he killed somebody. What an apocalypse situation. <laughs> like, I can't even. We have coronavirus going on and people are upset about a burger. Come I on. I told my husband, I was like, it's going to be not funny. I, it's not a funny situation, you guys. No. But I literally was like, our grandkids are going to come into our basement and see that we have stockpiles of toilet paper. And they're going to be like, why? And we're going to be like, because coronavirus. <laughs> One time. One <laughs> it's time. like our great grandparents went through depression or whatever. And then they like, you can't waste any food. Like the things that you get stuck on for us, it's going to be toilet paper. We're never going to not have toilet paper. I stock. mean, I technically <laughs> have a uh, sprayer on my toilet for my uh, I know, cloth diapers. Bidet, guys. So I was like, Technically, it's very cold water. I don't know that I want to spray my hoo-ha with it, but... I've done it. I it's, would. It's not great. Wait, you've Are, done it in mine? No, no. <laughs> uh, is that not normal? I don't understand. You were out of toilet paper. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, at ours, we have a bidet, but it's only a cold water bidet. Wait, you have a bidet at your house? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got one for my husband's what birthday. F- it's not. It's It's not warm? Guys, when you're 30, you get a bidet for your no, birthday. No, okay. No, but no, it's not warm. Why? It's cold. It's supposed to plug in. It can, but our hot water line isn't like near our toilet. So no, but you like... can plug, you can, okay. When I was in Japan, all the bidets were plugged into the wall and that's how it heated the water. Is like a hot water heater sitting in your toilet? No, it like heated up around the toilet seat and stuff. I don't know, guys. Huh. I'm just saying the Japanese, ha- they have it figured out. They have it figured out. And I'm going to order a no, Japanese bidet. Yeah, you should. I don't think we have a plug near our toilet. Well, that's not good if you're getting cold water or shut up on your hoo-ha. That's not comfortable. It's not horrible. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> it's not like freezing cold water. It's like room temperature. Uh, 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 no, I like in j- Japanese. Just wait till summer. I'll just sit on it for fun. Like, oh, I'm so cooled off right now. It's so, so great. We were so mad. We uh, we went from Japan to Thailand. And so we went from like bidets everywhere to like pooping in the woods. And that's no, not yeah, really. Not pooping in the really. Woods, but like, you know, similar. Not great bathroom situations. And uh, that's so funny because I've never like, oh used a bidet before. And then my husband raves about it. They're amazing, freak. yeah. Well, apparently he's not. And so I got it for him for his birthday because that's what marriage looks like 10 years in. And um, he loves it. And I tried it and I was like, I don't know about it. And now I'm like, it. oh, it's pretty great. Especially now with Corona. Toilet paper gate 2020. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to buy a bidet now. <laughs> it's, Thanks. It's decided. You have a bum sprayer. I know. Bum I'm going to... Um, I'm going to order one. Anyways. Okay. So that's, that's Biggest Loser, you guys. I don't know. Brooke and I felt kind of conflicted about watching it because we were like, we don't want to give them ratings. We don't want to give them views, but also we wanted to be able to talk about it with you guys. So Biggest Loser, if you're watching or listening, I guess. You should hire you us. You should hire us. We'll destroy your show. <laughs> Actually, the ratings would go down so <laughs> It's just us lecturing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. While they're working out, we're like, are you listening to our podcast? You better be listening to our podcast. Put it in your ears right now. <laughs> That'd be take, so funny. Take a light jug now. Take a light Go jug. Go grab a puppy. Tell us how you're feeling. Grab a puppy. Any puppy. Grab a puppy. Any puppy. Um, I did want to ask you if you had any thoughts. What would work that would get ratings and would treat people and help people with their like disordered eating? What, what would, would that work? look like, you think? Well, I think that you have to start. I mean, I think that if the show was smart, they would bring in therapists initially before they started any kind of yeah. working out and dieting. And they'd have to really work through that and start to learn that they can't cope with food for their emotions. Not How that that's the same. Into a competition? But that's not the same as emotional eating. Right. Um, and then 
And then I think that you just have to try have them try exercising in all these different ways to see what they like. And then they pair off with somebody who likes the same exercise as them and they just go have fun and go do that, like hiking or skiing or whatever it is. Um, getting outside because being in a gym for eight hours is not good for anybody's mental health. Seriously. Um, and then I think just trying new recipes and cooking, having cooking classes and tasting different things, but you know, incorporating fruits and vegetables and all the meals. How would you make it a competition? <sighs> like rate it out of scale to one to 10. How is your mental health doing today? Um, it's hard. How would no, you No, I think it, it would just, I don't know. You, I don't you think can. you could because right. weight's just such an easy yep. numbers are so easy. It's so black and white, mm-hmm. not how you get to those numbers, but just looking at numbers is so black and white. So that's why they do it. Right. I don't know. It's so hard. It's hard to know. Cause I'm like, okay, what's the alternative? Like if we, you and I could produce our own show that would do well in the ratings to compete against whoever the, is the work. most friendly in the house. It'd be like Whoever's- a popularity contest. <laughs> Whoever's the nicest. Whoever's the best cook. Whoever overcomes their trauma the best. <laughs> There's no way. There's just no way. You to could still do like a strongest it. competition, like yeah. doing different exercises. Like at the end, you could Who do a tried tri- the most new recipes. Yeah. You could try Who like tried the most new things this week. You could do know. a triathlon race or something. That would be freaking sweet. I would sign up for that for us so fast. I want to do another triathlon. You I'll can do it. I don't want to. You'll run my half marathon with me. Gross. Ah, gross. Why would you even ask me that? Okay, guys. Anyways. She knows She knows it, my answer. She doesn't like running. No. But you would do a triathlon with me if there was no running. Yeah. Because biking and swimming you would do I for would, sure. Yeah. We talked because there's triathlons out there. Anyways, we're getting off topic. But if you guys know of one that doesn't have running at the end, let us know. We'll <laughs> do you know of a it. marathon or triathlon that doesn't include running? <laughs> do you guys know of like an exercise that's just like running except for absolutely no running? <laughs> great. Okay, great thing. Um, anyways. Okay. I'm going to be on the motorized got. scooter in the next to us. You're like, hey, guys. Hey. Um, anyways, I think that's all we've got on The Biggest mm-hmm. Loser. Are you going to keep watching, you think? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I should. It was a little hard for me to watch, for sure. Like, especially coming from... It was an interesting dynamic for me to go into it, though, having loved the show. Secretly, same, I don't think I was same. like I telling did too. everyone, but like, oh no, I watched, I watched it, it in college. Yeah. So going from that perspective to now, where I'm at now in my life, watching it, it was so heart heart wrenching, so cringy. Like, and I just, just felt bad for I the used, contestants. Yes. And to be fair, first of all, it was before I was a dietitian. Second of all, the research hadn't come out yet about these mm-hmm. di- these people gaining more weight or being, you know, in a, in a worse metabolism situation. So a lot of that wasn't known. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, really exciting or thrilling to watch someone who was 500 pounds. I mean, literally they've had a guy in there that was like 506 pounds go down to like 220 or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it sucked me in and I really enjoyed watching the workouts. Yeah. I mean, I love makeover shows like yeah. Extreme Makeover Home Edition, guys. It's so good. But they used to have the extreme. They had yes. a weight loss one. Over a year. It took uh-huh. a year or whatever. And that yeah. was, again, more realistic because it was over a year and it was like, you know. But no one watched it. It got canceled after like three seasons. I watched it. Oh, I did too. But yeah. what I mean is it did not get the ratings that Biggest Loser did. Yeah, because people want results. fast, quick fixes, exactly. which guys don't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. We've talked too long. Um, oh, anyway, boy. Yeah. We, Thanks for sticking it out, guys. Yeah. But, yeah don't be a Josh good. and just like. Don't be a Josh. 40 minutes in. Josh gotta go. 
Um, oh wait, let's read. Uh, let's read yes. a rating. Let's read a review, you guys. We have several new ones. Thank you so much. You guys seriously have no idea how much it means to us that you guys are enjoying the podcast and then telling us about it. This is why we do it. It's for you guys and literally to help you and to just hang out with you. Okay. Well, let's read these two. Okay. Sorry if one of these is a repeat. Okay. <laughs> we forget. Love we forget this too. duo. I've only listened to a two episodes. These two are so entertaining, easy to listen to while they talk about real life issues. I've learned so much about intuitive eating from them. Can't wait to catch up on more episodes. Oh, thank you so much. That was from thank you. the Mama RD. All right. This one says, hands down, my new favorite dot, dot, dot. Dang you, iTunes doesn't tell us. Five stars. Boop, boop. I'm a fairly new RD and also trying to find new podcasts to listen new podcasts to listen to. I stumbled onto this one when a fellow RD and former classmate recommended it to me. <laughs> Thank you, RDs Woo-hoo! out there. Yes. These ladies um, provide a humorous approach to nutrition while remaining inoffensive and open-minded of all walks of life. I think that's I, so nice. I'm glad that we're inoffensive. Inoffensive. Because I, I've never <laughs> been told that in my life. Thank you. I've never been told. You've never been called offensive, though, have no, you? No. I was going to say. No, no. But I don't think people like use that. It's such a nice way to say yeah. it. Yeah. That's nice. I always look forward to my daily commute so I can listen to more episodes. Thank Yay! you so much. That's Thanks for your commute. Nat in Bird, maybe? Nat in Bird? I don't know. RD. But, RD. Whoop, whoop. Thank you so much. That means so much to us. Yeah. We try to be really open-minded and inoffensive because we love all people of all walks of life and as you hear on this podcast we've come a long way ourselves so to be judgmental at all is like ridiculous for us to do (laughs) it's so true I feel like this journey even you know I've I've known about intuitive eating for seven years and kind of like started my journey seven years but even looking back like two years ago how I would try to help people and like I did health coach on my own even a few years ago and I still was preaching intuitive eating and like exercising in a way that you want, but I still just, I didn't feel like I had gotten over that hump and Mm -hmm. edge until we started podcasting and interviewing more people and researching more. And I just feel like this podcast has for sure pushed us way more into, into intuitive, intuitive eating. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful that we're doing this just for our own, like totally. we've learned so much. Yeah. And I think it's like, we've said this before, but it sometimes can feel a little like, um, a lot of pressure to feel like we have it all figured out and we know it all, but it's also so good for people to see that we're growing alongside them mm-hmm. and it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to get it wrong. Quote unquote, although in intuitive eating, there's no such thing as doing it wrong. Um, but I think it is like, it's a journey and it's a process and it takes time and, I just think it's important to watch people go through that process. So that's mm-hmm. why we leave our old episodes up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes I want to take a few of them down because I'm a little embarrassed of the way we talked. But I think that we can cover some of those topics in future episodes yeah. and like re- revisit it, revisit it yeah. and like redeem ourselves. For sure. So anyways, thanks for sticking it out with us, you guys. Um, we sure hope you liked this episode. If you did, please remember to write and review and leave a written review and share us on social media. Tell all your friends and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. It's only taken me about sixteen months. Where did you get an Irish accent from? (laughs) This is Irish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
All right, okay, mate. So we can hear ourselves. <laughs> Hi, ho, cheerio. <laughs> Is that what they say? No. What do they say? I don't know. Not that. What do they? Tip top. Top, top of the morning. Top of the morning to you. <laughs>